Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. Simple things, they tend to be very little things, but they have incredible potential. And as he say, says here, the, the, the seed can produce a hundred times its own self in the harvest. And seeds are these little things that I find so fascinating because they know nothing other than to grow. That is, their sole purpose is to grow. And so these seeds that he's talking about here are also seeds of faith. And so if the seed represents God's word, when we preach the word, when we share the word, when we minister or speak to our friends and family, we are releasing seed into their life. And so the question is, what kind of ground is it falling on? And so that's what I want to talk about here this morning, is I want to talk about the soil. You know, on our farm out here, we, we plant sunflowers every year. We have, this is our fourth or fifth year now, I think, of planting sunflowers. And we learn every year. And one of the challenges we have is, is the soil. Now, ours is not rocky soil. It tends to be very sandy. It's what they call sandy loam. I have no idea what that means other than it's sandy and whatever loam is is a good thing. But the soil here, I'm told, is good. Now, when I go out and I do a soil test and I've got a little home kit I can do, it, it would say otherwise. Now, it's, it's good from the standpoint that it's not filled with clay. It's well-drained. It holds its moisture well and that kind of thing. But my soil tends to not be very rich in all those nutrients that you need to grow it. And so there is a process of taking that soil and adding organic matter. There's a process of taking that soil and adding the nutrients that are deficient. There is a process of enriching that soil to make it good soil. And so there's a parallel here that I want to pull out as we begin to, to look at this in that as we look at where our seeds are cast and where God's word is cast and the soil that that falls onto is not always good soil. And if you have tried to talk to anyone, if you had a stranger approach you in a parking lot that says, hey, I, I don't want to disturb you, but I'm just, I'm just hungry and I need some help. And they all have a story. There's always a story. They're just down on their luck, had an argument with a girlfriend, whatever it is, they, they lost their job, whatever it is, there's always a story and they're always in need of help. But the great thing is, is they're open to listen. And so God doesn't say, don't throw it on hard ground, don't throw it on rocky ground. He just says, throw it. Because like the farmer, he, he went out in the field and he just threw the seed, almost indiscriminately, but he said, you know what? there's a chance that it's going to hit some good ground. And the interesting thing is, if you look at, look at our fields right now, and I'm getting completely out of order, but I think it fits, but if you, if you look at our fields right now, there's no sunflowers out there. And you can say we haven't planted. But there's this thing that we do in the off-season and over the winter that we call a cover crop. And the thing about the cover crop, it's all about preparing the soil. So that soil is healthiest when it has something growing on it constantly. That's a good word right there. 
So you're healthiest when you have something constantly that can be grown within you. So it's not enough to have one seed in one season. But you need to make sure that, that you are constantly nurturing the seeds that you get. And so as one seed grows and mature, that that seed is making fertile ground. It's making good soil for the next seed. All right. Amen. I don't know where I'm going now because I'm, I'm not on the path I thought I was on. All right. Let me see. So in the fall, when we get done with our harvest, everything gets mowed down and we throw this other seed out there. And the other seed is really supposed to do two things. One, it's supposed to begin growing something new, which keeps the ground covered, which keeps the ground moist, keeps the erosion and thing from, from water and wind from washing that ground away. But it also keeps that ground from, from drying out and becoming hard. So whether you're in season or out of season, you need to be growing on something. Amen. All right. All right. The parable tells about four types of soil. The first one is the footpath. And it says this is the hard soil that the seeds don't penetrate. The seeds stay on the surface. And it says that the, the, the seeds are stepped on and damaged and the birds steal the seeds or eat the seeds before they can sprout. So I, I think this is interesting here because when I think about people and how this represents people in people's hearts is that people who have been hurt, and mind you, we all have hurts. Anyone here not have a hurt in their life? Come on, be honest, right? Yeah, we've all been hurt. And it's those hurts. It's when we get stepped on. It's when we go through that crushing. It's when we go through that hurt in our lives that we can allow our hearts to become hardened. And perhaps the worst hurt in terms of a church is church hurt. It's where you've been in a church and someone has offended you. Someone has, has somehow come across and you are blaming the entire church and not the person. And that will hinder your walk. It'll hinder you from, from being able to get into that place that God would have you be. Because every time you come back into a church, if you're even willing, and apparently you all are, then you're going to come in on guard right? And expect someone to do the same thing. Instead of looking at that person and going, you know what? They're fallible too. I thought they had it all together. My expectations were higher, but man, they hurt me. You know, and the unfortunate thing is, is that some people don't even know they're hurting people. They will hurt people and not recognize them. I see some of y'all looking at each other now. Don't, don't be judging the one you're sitting next to now. I'm just saying. But people get hurt. People get hurt. And that can create a hard spot in your heart for sure. So the second type of soil it talks about is it talks about the seed landing amongst the rock or the shallow soil. And in this one, I, I like it says, um, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. Amen. Isn't that how we should receive the message from God, the word from God, as we re receive the message with joy? But since they don't have deep roots. So immediately I think of this and I think about the baby Christians. Right? I think about those new Christians that don't have a good foundation. 
that haven't been in it long enough to really um, have, I'll say, deep roots, right? And I think about those people, and then they're vulnerable at that time when their roots are shallow. And how we need to really, as a church body, as a friend, as a neighbor, as a brother and sister in Christ, we need to really look at those people and understand that they are in a fragile state. And we need to really be burdened for them, lift them up in prayer, be there for them, uh, and challenge them and walk with them through that early season. Because if, if, if not, we risk them running into one of these shallow spots in the ground where suddenly there's, there's pressure and there's, there's something, and next thing you know, they've dropped away. And that's the second one, growing up among the rocks. The third one, it talks about being amongst the weeds. And I think this is, this is the one that unfortunately, um, and I'll be careful here, as Daryl always says, when he says Christians, he means like the church at large. But this is the one I think that the church at large really suffers from is, is being amongst the weeds. Because this is the one where we uh, allow compromise in. The weeds are all those other things in life that we allow to come in and take away from our focus, that take away from the life that God is trying to give us. And instead we say, well, not right now. I'll do that next time. Well, I can't do that because I've got my bridge club or whatever. I don't know. I'm struggling <laughs> with a good example. <laughs> You're laughing, but somebody's back there going, oh, yeah, I've been there. All right. But the weeds are all those things that would, that, that, I mean, think about it from an agricultural standpoint. The weeds are all those things that are competing for that same water, that same light, that same attention that God is trying to pour out in our lives. The weeds are in our lives trying to take attention away from it. And you know what? The, The weeds tend to be aggressive. They tend to be aggressive. They tend to outgrow whatever you plant. I don't know of a farmer who says, I can plant this and that's what I want and I don't have to worry about the weeds. I don't know a farmer that doesn't worry about the weeds. Now, there's lots of ways that we can deal with weeds in the field and in our hearts. There's lots of ways we can deal with it. And this right here, this right here is a pretty powerful one right here. Okay? And you point it at the television when something comes on, that that will help a lot. And then, and then these two fingers... If you'll just do this sometimes. Okay. These, these are some simple things you can do to take some of the weeds out of your soil. Amen. All right. And then the last one is good soil. And like I said, good soil is loose. It's moist. It's rich in nutrients. It's easy for the seed to find that place and kind of settle in. And then it has everything it needs to grow. And like I said, soil is a picture of our hearts. Not just our hearts, but people in general. So the heart has to be ready to receive the word before we can expect a harvest. And so as I was preparing for this, and as I read this, and because it's in my notes, it says, what's the condition of your heart? What's the condition of your heart? I can tell you for me, it depends on the day. It depends on the moment, if I'm honest. I can get in here and, and uh, go through uh, you know, our praise and worship at the beginning 
and my heart's a whole lot more ready to receive a word than it was when I came in. At the end of the day, on Monday, it is not ready to receive a word. I'm telling you. And so there's, much like the field, there's, there's work to be done to keep the soil of our heart ready to receive. So each year about this time, matter of fact, I'm looking at the calendar and the weather um, to try to pick my days. Um, we go through a process here on the farm of, of preparing the soil to, to plant our sunflowers. And so um, I started to write down what those different steps were and then thinking about those steps and how that applies to our lives. And so there's several steps here. Sometimes we plow and then, um, and then I have a disc and I'll explain all this in a minute if y'all don't. I mean, do y'all know what a disc is? Does anyone not know what a disc is? Okay, all right, well, I'll get into that in a minute. All right, so sometimes we plow, then we disc, and I'll drag after that, and then fertilize and plant the seeds. And then there's some cultivating that has to be done. Um, so the first step we have is to plow. Now, some people, when I say plow, um, you have the picture um, of probably the old days, maybe some of you... All right, I have a story to share. So we were with, I don't remember if we were, we were traveling with them. I don't remember if, if Katie and Becky were in one car, Daryl and I were in another. I think that's how it worked out. Anyway, we get up to a stoplight, and, and we had something to share between the two cars. And, um, and I don't remember who was who was where, but maybe Becky and I were in one car. But what we pull up, and Becky goes, like, roll down the window. <laughs> Only to see, I think it was Katie over in the other car going, roll down the window. <laughs> and, of course, Daryl's the one going, that's the difference of generations right there. <laughs> and it really is true. Because, you know, we grew up, I grew up in a time when when, when I saw the crank windows kind of go out of style and the electric ones come in style. Some of you younger folks probably never had crank windows and don't know what I'm talking about. So how many of y'all had the window where you flip the little thing and then you flip it open this way? Yeah, a few of you, yeah. So some of you younger's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> On the way to the bridge close, <laughs> what we did. I tell you what. Anyway, back to plowing, back to plowing. When I say plow in the image that, that comes to mind, some of you think about a horse-drawn plow and the poor guy trying to steer that thing behind a horse. Others of you probably think about the big John Deere tractor and this huge portion of land that is moving out behind it. But either way, um, plowing, um, you might think of it as breaking up the ground, but that's not really the purpose of plowing. While, while plowing does tend to break up the ground a little, the real purpose of plowing is to take that grass or that grain or whatever's in that field and flip it over. And the idea behind that is that you take all of the green growth from on top, where it's in the sunlight and it's being fed and that plant's growing, and you put that underground. And you take all the roots that are underground that's soaking up the moisture and nutrients from the ground and you expose them to the air. So the whole purpose of plowing is to kill the plant that's there 
so that you can clear that land for what's coming next. And if you think about plowing in your heart, this is essentially repentance. It's taking the old life that was there and flipping it over. And the other thing that's kind of cool about this when it comes to your heart is that you're exposing the root. So what is the root of that nonsense that was there to begin with? And in exposing that root, I love this part, exposing that root gets rid of the power of that plant to live in your life. Do you see how beautiful that is? I'm going to enjoy plowing a little bit more of this here. But that's what God wants to do in our lives. That's the healing he wants to take place in our lives. He wants to take all those hurts and all those things that are hung up in our lives that we think we can just deal with in time, that we can get over. And yes, some people do eventually get around and pull that up by the root. But I think what God wants to do is take us through this process where we flip that whole thing over. Where we can come into a, a collection of farmers who can all say, you know what, I've plowed my field. Let me help you. I'll show you how. Because I know what it brings. Amen? So plowing. It's bearing the unwanted growth, exposing the roots, and in both ways it causes what's there to dry up and die, clearing the way for something new. Disking. Disking is really what breaks up the ground. Now a disk is, uh, uh, long story short, it's like a plate on edge that you run down through the ground. Made of steel, not porcelain, so don't, it's not going to break. It might break, depending on what you hit in the ground. But, but the idea there is to break up the ground. It's basically a circular knife you put through the ground, and it kind of has a little curve, so it doesn't just cut, but it also lifts. And so the idea there is to, is to drive that knife into that hard soil and kind of kick it up and lift it. When you do that, the soil will crumble, making it a little softer, so that it's easier for you to put the seed in the ground. And then there's the drag, and the drag comes behind it, and the drag takes those clumps then and then rolls them over. And it also takes any loose grass, any stray stuff that still may be growing in there, and tends to grab it and drag it out. There's probably something there that could be said about little things in our life that needs to be grabbed and drug out too. But in our hearts, this disking, this breaking up of the hard places is the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come to you and go, you know what? It'd be best if you laid that down. It'd be best if you didn't do that. It'd be best for you to operate your choice right now and turn on something that's going to edify you instead of tear at you. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So the other thing that the, the disc is really good at is finding the rocks. See, so even after you plow, the amazing thing about, about plowing in the field is that you can plow the whole field and you can turn everything over and you might hear every once in a while a rock ping off of the plow. But you go back and look for it and you can't find it. Well, the disc will find it for you because the disc will ride back there, at least mine will anyway. And I, I'm almost convinced that the rocks just grow in the dirt <laughs> because it, it doesn't matter. As many times as I've been over, you think four or five years, I'd find them all. But it seems like every time you go out there, you'll be riding along, clunk, clunk, and you'll hear it, and you'll feel it. And then you'll stop, and you have to go back and, and try to search through the dirt to find this rock. 
And the interesting thing is, it doesn't take a whole lot of soil to hide that dirt. <laughs> it doesn't take a whole lot of soil to hide that dirt. It doesn't take a lot of soil to cover that rock. And that rock can lie just beneath the surface. But that disc will get down in there and try to lift that rock out and expose it so you can remove it. All right. And the Holy Spirit also will convict us of those little things that lie just beneath the surface. All right. And the next thing we do is that we'll fertilize. We'll add nutrients. It helps make the soil rich. Um, helps make sure that there's something there that when the seed is planted and begins to grow, that it can start to, uh, to soak those things up. Um, and for our hearts, this is, this is where we fertilize our hearts. Part of it is just getting in the word. The word is great. The word is great. That's like, like getting the liquid fertilizer and you can just soak it up, right? But there's lots of different fertilizer. There's, there's compost, there's manure, there's all kinds of different fertilizers, and there's all kinds of different ways that you can fertilize the soil of your heart too. I mean, you can go on YouTube and listen to, to pastors or whatever on YouTube. You can read the Bible. You can do Bible studies. You can get together with people. You can just have conversation. But make sure that it is bringing nutrients to your heart and you're not just giving it all away. Okay, make sure that you're not letting weeds come in at the same time you're trying to, to allow uh, or to bring those nutrients in. All right. So now, now we've plowed the ground, we've turned over what was there, we've gotten rid of all the old stuff that we don't want. We've gone through now, we've dissed it up, we've broken up the ground, we've drug it out, it's nice and smooth and flat. We've gotten rid of the rocks, and now we've got some fertilizer down there, and so now the soil is ready, so now it's time to plant the seed. Now the interesting thing about seeds is that while their only job is to grow, you can still mess it up, right? If you get the seed too deep, it just doesn't have enough energy in it to, to really break ground and get to the top. You plant it in the wrong season, it's not going to do very good. So there is a season where that seed needs to be planted. But the neat thing about a seed being planted is there is an expectation that it's going to do its job and it's going to grow. And in the same way, when we take seeds out to the world, even when we think someone is ready to receive it, once you put that seed out there, and it's covered, and they walk away, the only thing you have is expectation. Because there's a period in the dark where you have to let that seed go, and you don't know whether that seed is going to be received at the right depth, in the right season, at the right time, and whether that seed's going to sprout and live, or whether it's going to find its demise there. But does that mean we shouldn't plant? Does that mean we shouldn't seed? Absolutely not. If you expect to harvest, you have to plant the seed. If you want to be amazed sometime, and I'll just share this story a couple years ago. Um, I think it was our second year. So we'd planted these sunflowers, and it was mostly for us. It was just a patch out back. And that second year over there where we keep the garbage cans, there's a sunflower coming up. And it's like, look at that thing. And you know what? It was amongst the rocks, believe it or not. But it was underneath the tree, kind of protected. It was in an interesting area. And you know what we said? You know what? I'm just going to let that be. I'm just going to let it grow. Probably was a bad idea, but that thing got every bit of six, seven foot tall by the end of the season. And it did great. Now, it managed to get through the rocks, to find some soil down underneath, 
and uh, and it was an area you know that we weren't going to hit it with a weed eater or something like that. But we had we had one that season that was seven foot tall. We had another one. Uh, where's Becky? That was out I think by the raised beds, right? And that joker was every bit of like twelve foot tall. It was huge and had I don't know a dozen different heads that were falling off of it, and it was just a wild sunflower. But the birds had found it. Oh, there's probably something in that too. But the birds found it and moved that seed, and it just dropped it just randomly. And you know what? It just dropped in just the right place. And so when we're scattering seed, when we're sharing the word, sometimes you never know what the outcome is. You never know how it's going to do. And it is sometimes that seed that you think is in the wrong place that will be the greatest harvest. That will be the one thing to really sprout and grow that you never thought would. All right. So now we've got our seed and we've got it planted. Now we have an expectation. Um, There's an expectation that the seed is going to grow. Because if there wasn't an expectation, we wouldn't have planted it to begin with. And um, one of the things that that we did that that we've kind of given up on now is that um, when we first started and we were going to the farmer's market, I had a table set up on the other side of the barn here that um, I had heat lamps under. Um, And so it would warm the surface of the table. Um, And if anyone has ever done any like serious planting, um, you know the soil has to be at a certain temperature to get things to germinate well, right? And so I was artificially creating this environment where they would germinate well. And tomato seeds take about a week. There's about a week from the time you plant it to the time you see that first little tender shoot coming up. Sunflowers, on the other hand, take about 36 hours. And you will see that start to break the ground, lift the soil, and the first few little um, leaves uh, coming out on it. So in the right condition, things can move pretty quickly. Um, Yeah, I don't know why I was sharing that. It seemed like the right thing to share at the time. I probably had a point to that. You'll have to come back next time to get that, I guess. Anyway, back out in the field. So we plant the seeds, and now there's an expectation it's going to grow. But at the same time that the seeds are planted, weeds are also planted. Um, In the field out there, you have weed seeds that are always in the soil. They're always there. And as soon as you move that soil, you expose new seeds. And so there's a process called cultivating. And cultivating just comes back in periodically and takes that, that top layer of soil and turns it over. And the neat thing about it is if you time it right, the weeds still grow and they're still competing with the plant. But you come through and you disturb all that soil. And much like plowing, you disturb those weeds at the right moment where they're the least capable of recovery. And it's kind of like the, the seed planted in the, in the stony ground. I don't know what it is. It's like this seed planted in the stony ground that, that comes up initially, and if you can cut it down then, oh, Satan, don't you dare. Um, but it's that same tender moment that we should protect our brothers and sisters. It's that same tender moment that the weeds have that we can go in and, and get rid of them. And if we don't, those weeds can grow up with the crop that you're after. And if you don't get them early, then when you try to pull those weeds out, you disturb the soil next to what you're trying to grow. 
and you can hinder what you're trying to grow. And so it's best when you cultivate to get those weeds early. And that means there has to be some diligence. You have to go in and say, are there weeds growing? Yes or no? All right, we need to do something about it. I don't want these weeds to mature. I don't want their roots to grow very deep. I want to go through and knock them out early. Because if, if, if this is going to grow, if the seed that's planted is going to grow, we got to make sure and address this stuff early. And so in your life and in my life, what that means is that we have to be on guard for compromise. We have to be on guard for compromise. Because those are the weeds that are going to come in. Those are going to steal our time. They're going to steal our energy. They're going to steal all those same things that God would have us invest in digging into the word and growing in, in our spirit. Those other things are going to be those distractions that are going to keep us from it. And so there's a process of cultivating that we need to go through in our lives to make sure that those little weeds, that we can cut them off early. Because the deeper you let them grow and the more they get entangled with the roots of what, you're, what God has planted in it through his word, the harder it is it's going to be to be able to remove those things and the more pain it's going to cause when you do. So we've got to cultivate our own hearts, which just means to stay on guard and make sure that those little things don't get entangled with the good things. And that's all we do. Now, the next piece, well, I shouldn't say that's all we do. But that's, that's the maintenance in the field that we have to do. That's what we have to do with the soil. But there is, a, there is a couple other things that we need that's not in the soil. And that's the water and the sun. And the water and the sun is what brings life to the plant. We can have everything else right. But if we don't have water and we don't have sun, then those plants are not going to grow. Much like you, you can't plant something in the dark and expect it to do well. You've got to plant it where it's going to get some light. And it's the same thing with those things in our heart. If God gives you a word, if you have found, uh, you know, something in, in, in the Bible that is that, is that seed that, that just occupies your thought in your mind, if you allow that to go dark, then you've lost it. But if you will meditate on it, if you will search it out, if you will dig into that thing, if you will guard it and protect it, then it has an opportunity to grow and flourish. Now, the water... Yeah, you can say, yeah, out in the field, I can, I can run some irrigation. I can do some things if the rain doesn't come. And I've had to do that. And I can tell you it's exhausting. You know, I can invest a lot in getting some irrigation out there that makes it easy to do. But it's costly because I've got to get the water up out of the ground. I've got to pump it out there. I've got to, you know, put that out on the field. And you know what? It still doesn't grow as well as the rain. I don't know what it is. But last year early in the season, it was really, really dry. It was really, really dry. And we got out there within two weeks and we knew we were going to open the farm and had invites out and we had all that kind of stuff and we had lots of good response and we knew people were coming. And we're looking at our pitiful little flowers that are struggling to grow. Because we had gotten, I think, an inch of rain in seven weeks. And they generally say about an inch a week is what you so I started dragging out hoses and getting sprinklers set up, and, and I wasn't prepared for that. And so I'm taking one sprinkler from here to there to there to there, 
I was dragging hoses out through the flowers, trying not to break too many of them. And it was exhausting. And you know what? And I watered and watered. I mean, there was, there was probably a week there that I probably watered, you know, solid like 72 hours. Just water, 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 trying to get some life into them. And you know, at some point in that week, it finally rained. And I tell you what, the, it, for all the work and effort I put into it and everything I tried to do, they responded so much better to rain. So much better from that living water that comes from the heavens. And I think it's the same in our life. We can try to prop each other up. We can try to, you know, share and talk the words and have communication, but nothing is better. Nothing is going to be better for you and your life and, and the, the, the seed that God has planted in you for you to dig in the word and stumble across some of that living water that runs through the word. Nothing is going to grow you better than, than having that living water poured out from the heavens on your life. And then there's the sun. And yes, outside we need the S-U-N, but inside we need the S-O-N. And if we understand that Jesus, oh my, I could sing of your love forever. It is, uh, Jesus is so good, so good. God's plan is so good. You know, we, we look at God's plan and we don't understand it. We don't understand why things happen the way they happen. We don't understand why there's evil in the world and why bad things seem to be rampant and, and all this stuff. But God knows. God knows what he's doing. He is not caught off guard. He is not anxious. He, he is not unsettled in the least. Now, what he's doing and how he goes about it, I can't. I can't. I don't fully understand. I don't. But I, I can tell you, I, I don't get anxious. And that's probably not true. There's probably times when I do get anxious. But you know what? Then I have this thought that comes to mind that I know who's ultimately in charge. And it doesn't matter how bad things look in the news or in the newspapers or whatever, how bad things look in your life and your situation. But I know who's ultimately in charge of all that. And so I can, I can say, you know what? It bothers me that I don't understand. It's terrible what I'm seeing. But God, I know that you are working in all of it. You're working in all of it. So, as I, as I finish up here, um, the thought occurs to me that, that a lot of what we said here today, it's very easy to look inward at ourselves and examine the, the condition of our own heart and where our own hearts are at, whether we're that hard ground that won't accept the seed, whether we have some stones that need to be removed, whether we've done a, a good job of preparing the soil of our heart, whether all that nutrients and things are there to really make it fertile. It's very easy to do that, but the thought occurs to me, how do you, what about our lost loved ones? How do we speak into our brothers and sisters' lives and how do, we, how do we talk to our loved ones that are lost in a way and 
How do we tenderize their heart? What does the process look like for that? And I don't have a maybe the only answer, but I have an answer. Because as I as I think about it, if you and I are growing the same crops, maybe they're not even the same crops. But if I look at your life and I go, wow, they're really good at growing this crop. What an incredible harvest they have. And that can look different to different people. Right? Some people, that's going to be, look at the beautiful new car they have in their driveway and their beautiful house and how well-behaved their kids are and heard one's going to Harvard or whatever, right? And that can look like a good harvest to one person. And you know, to somebody else, you can look at it and go, they've been through so much. They've got peace. And I know they're struggling, but they have joy. And so that harvest can look different to different people. But I believe, especially with our loved ones, when they, when they look at the harvest in our lives, when they look at us, they're going to look at us and go, I know the struggles you've had. Where does your joy come from? And much like I might go ask a neighbor how he gets his corn so tall and how everything looks so nice in his field, we've got to be ready to share our secrets. And honestly, they shouldn't be secrets, but we've got to be able, be ready like the farmer who, I, and I can imagine in my head, I get this picture in my head, and it's not been my experience. Uh, my experience is much different than the picture I have in my head, but I get this picture in my head of the old farmer and the young farmer and how the young farmer is coming with the, with the new tractor and all the equipment and technology and all that kind of stuff. And he comes over to the old farmer and he says, You've done this your whole life. I, I've, got, I've got all the right tools, and yet it's not working. And I can imagine the old farmer saying, well, here, i got a few things to teach you. I, I know you think you're doing it right. I know you think you've got it all together. But there's a few secrets I've learned because I've gone through the struggle, because I've lived through the pain. And so I have this picture of the old farmer sitting down with the young farmer and saying, look at this soil. You see its texture. You see, you see the, the little bit in here, the little bit of brown. You see how when you squeeze it, it takes this shape. And I can see the old farmer passing this on to the younger farmer. And in much the same way, when our loved ones examine our lives, because someone is always watching. We need to be like the old farmer and be ready and willing to share how our hearts have been squeezed, how we've had to get rid of the hard places, and be ready to walk with that young Christian through those tender moments. And I think that's our job. That's our job is to be ready for that, to share one generation to the next, to share from neighbor to neighbor, from brother to sister. And it's not because our field is perfect. Certainly, for myself, it is not. I 
still have some weedy patches and some stony places. And like I was saying, they somehow tend to grow out there in the dirt. So it is an ongoing process in my life, and I'm sure it is much the same in yours. So as we finish up today, I just want you to take a moment, if you will, and I I just want to take a moment just to have you examine your heart. I'm sure you have been as we, you know, talk through this. And I would just ask that you would just look at the condition of your heart. Are there those places that are overgrown? that you need to take the plow to, that you need to flip over and expose the root? Are there uh, hard places? Or maybe you need to run that disc there and kind of cut through some of those hard places and lift that up and just stir that up a little bit, pick out the rocks. Or maybe there, there's not such hard ground. Maybe the ground's okay, but it could use a little more nutrients in it. Maybe you need to spend a little more time with the Father. Maybe there's a little more that you could do to enrich that soil. There always is. Or maybe there is a seed that's been planted that just needs some attention. So, Lord, as we close out today, God, I just ask as everyone has examined their heart, as we've reflected, Father, on those hard and stony places, God, I ask that you would move on hearts today. God, that you would show the root, that you would allow, Father, that thing that has taken up part of the fertile ground, that has limited the potential, Father, in their hearts. God, I ask that you just flip that over today. Lord, I ask that you would expose that root. Father, that you would pull up those weedy places. So that you can clear the way for something new today, God. Lord, help us to, Father, examine our hearts today. Help us, Lord, to know what's needed, 
to find those stones and remove them, Lord. Help us to find the right nutrients to go in that ground. And Lord, if any should ask, God, give us the words and the wisdom to speak, to share that with our brothers and sisters. God, if there's any new Christians out there in our circles, Lord, I just ask that you would lay it on, on one of our hearts, anyone in here, Father. Lord, that we as the more seasoned farmer might come along beside them. That we might help nurture and care for them, Lord, and show them how it's done until they can get on their own two feet. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit, Father, exposes those areas in our lives for how can we grow if they're not shown. Lord, I thank you that you don't convict us of those things, that you don't judge us on those things, Lord, but that you show it to us, you reveal it to us, Lord. Those places, Lord, that we need to have some change. So, Lord, I ask that you would just minister right now, Father, in every heart. Father, those areas where the, the nutrients need some enriching. Father, where the weeds need to be pulled. Lord, I just ask that you would expose it, Father, in every heart. And I thank you for it, Lord. Lord, seal your word today. Father, let your rain fall on the fields of our hearts, Lord. Let the seed be planted Father, let it find good ground today. Father, we just ask that you would let your rain fall. Let your living water fall from the heavens today on our hearts. And let your sun shine upon us. We give you praise today. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.